Listeners of Fade Us, you might be wondering where the square's at. Yeah, where's the square? He's here. We got Frankie Overs. It's me, Johnny Parlays, kind of as the uh, MC, as uh, a uh, some call it a national holiday. Uh, I didn't say this. Maybe the other two gentlemen did. But uh, this is our. Uh, special Mac preview pod with Mac Shin returning uh, when you'll be listening to this on Wednesday, November 4th. Um, obviously, I can speak probably for these two guys. There's nothing better when it, uh, the weather starts to turn. It's late October, but then uh, more importantly, November, uh, when it's a Tuesday or Wednesday night and uh, you can flip on the TV and you have uh, – Akron and Central Michigan playing in 20 degree weather in front of 100 fans, but you're gambling your heart out. So, uh, fellas, how excited are we for Maction to be back? Oh, I can't wait. The fact that they're doing this too on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights at the beginning of the year is absolutely fucking amazing. I mean, think about it. We get football now, sun, Saturday, Sunday. We have Monday night football. We're now going to have Tuesday and Wednesday night Maction, Thursday night football, Friday games right back into it so we literally have football every single day of the week um thank you mac gods and it's it's not which you, you kind of alluded to it's not just like ordinary football when you have akron central michigan on a tuesday night at infocision field when it's like 13 degrees and the wind is blowing like 35 mile an hour on december 2nd and akron punts for four yards and they have like a combined 18 punts in the game and the final score is 13 to 10. Some people may say that's disgusting football. You just don't understand the beauty of matching. Absolutely not. And we all have, we all have ties here to a Mac school, which is great. The Godfather's not here, but he's a BG alum. Myself, I'm a Kent alum. Uh, Frankie, you attended a, I took a tour of duty at OU for what a year. Yeah, a good year. And then, Johnny, you have a brother that graduated from Akron, and I know you have some other ties to some other Mac schools as well. So not just us living in the area, but just everyone having, a, like, an emotional tie of some sort, it just makes it that much better. Right. And it's, it's certainly exciting, obviously, when I, I think collectively, aside from maybe the Big Ten saying they were canceled, the outcry on social media when uh, the Mac said they were going to try and play in the spring and not uh, in the fall was definitely tough to hear. But luckily, we uh, were getting it. 
when you're hopefully you're gonna listen to it before the games start uh, tonight. So uh, it's gonna be a little different. We're gonna still do our show on Friday, uh, reviewing the last weekend, but we just felt with this special occasion we had to do something uh, in honor of action. So we're just gonna go through uh, the well, four other games before we get into. Uh, we have an in-house Mac expert with us. Yeah. I'm okay with with the uh, with a little extra work for the Fade Us gang this week. Yeah, I wanted I want to say I had some ridiculous stats last year gambling on the Mac. Yeah, um, you did. I I would have to go back through the text to Frankie, but it, I think on like Wednesday Thursday night Mac games, at one point I was like 19 or 20 and three, like I was on fire, and it were blind tails, blind tails. I won more money money. off of Kent the final four games of the season, including their bowl game. And the bowl game money line plus points over just had so much on it. So I'm ready to jump back in. Shout out Jordan Love. I can't wait. All right. So the way we're going to do this is uh, usually Sunday mornings, uh, the four of us get together for our NFL calls. And uh, usually involves me reading off the line and the over, and then we talk about what the pick is. So we're going to do that. Same little thing tonight. So game one we're going to look at. 6 p.m. kicking off on ESPN3. We have the Western Michigan Broncos visiting the Akron Zips. Western Michigan on my book is currently an 18-and-a-half-point favorite, and the over-under is 54. Square, what do we got? Yeah, so Akron, as you – as I said earlier, with the 10 points – or 10 punts, the, f- the four-yard punt, that was just, like, kind of being facetious, but those things exemplify Akron. They were 0-12 last year, and they started off 0-8 against the spread. Um, I don't even know if this game's going to get played because Akron did have some players test positive for Corona um, Tuesday as we're recording this, so I don't know what's going to happen. To be honest with you, Akron is just fucking putrid. They might be the worst Division One program out there right now. They hired Tom Arthaway from Chattanooga. He was supposed to like save the save the team, and then they didn't win a single game. I don't even think they were competitive. And they lost to UMass last year. Remember that infamous UMass? They were quitting and not playing. They lost to fucking UMass. So Akron is so bad, so so bad. On the other hand, like Western, they have always been like a perennial contender, but they lost their starting quarterback and their starting running back from last year. Levante Bellamy, he was really, really good. Um, They do have quite a few key pieces coming back on defense. Last year, their points allowed dropped 8.6 points per game. Um, And they also allowed 18 less touchdowns than they did in 2018. So that was a huge step up for their defense. They are starting this kid, Caleb Ellaby, I believe is his name. He redshirted last year and played in four games in 2018. So I honestly have no idea what to expect from this offense. But you can't bet Akron. So I w- I almost smell a little Mac under. I Yeah, if I were going to bet this game, I is think that what we said? I would love to tease uh, Western and the under. That would be a bet that I would really like in this game. 54? 54 is low for a Mac game. That, 
like, but Akron, we did they score two touchdowns at any point last year in one game? They were horrific. I don't know if they scored two touchdowns in one game. I really don't. <laughs> that under honestly looks juicier and juicier the more I 54? think I remember how bad Akron played. 50, I mean, I – I, I guess I'd want to, like, box score check their games last year, like, when they got killed, like, how much they really got killed by. But 54, because it seems like a, a good amount of points. Like, and this so seems like Akron good scored over 20 points a couple times. Oh. They scored over 20 against UAB. They lost 31 to 20. They scored 24 against Central. They lost 45-24. And they scored 29 against UMass when they lost 37-29. But, like, to put this into – excuse me, put this into perspective, Bowling Green, who is another horrific MAC team, which we'll get to in a second, they lost 35-6 to to yeah. Bowling Green last year. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about who Akron has brought in, but they, they can't be any good. Mm. I would honestly be tempted just to lay the – 17 and a half or 18 and a half, whatever it is, too. Just because, why not? It's... There were games that we watched last year where I, honest to God, don't know if Akron crossed the 50-yard line in the first half. Yeah. They're not, they might not do it tomorrow. Just a brutal, a brutal team. There, there's not a whole <laughs> lot to say about them because they suck so bad. You, They went 0-12. That is so hard to go winless. Like, you can lock into a win against BG or UMass or somebody, but they didn't win a game. Their crowning achievement was that they covered against Miami at the end of the season <laughs> on the MAC. They lost 20-17. to 17. But, yeah, just a, a horrible, horrible team. Definitely next uh, to this one because, obviously, Square said, the chance this one does not get played. So, game now. We have the Buffalo Bulls visiting, taking a trip to DeKalb, Illinois, to take on the Northern Illinois Huskies. Buffalo is a 13.5-point favorite, and the over-under is 52. Now, briefly before maybe one of you two uh, jumps into something, I believe Buffalo, um, last I had seen, at least on my book, I think was the favorite in the East to win the division. I'm not sure if that's changed now, but Buffalo always seems to be one of those teams that's super consistent near the top of the MAC. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't think that I don't believe they've made it to Detroit. I feel like they've made it to Detroit a lot less than I even remember, but I know they. I, they do not have uh, their I – don't, I don't, his name's evading me, but they had a pretty good quarterback the last few years. So I believe they have to replace him. But uh, Buffalo at Northern Illinois, uh, Frankie or Square, what do we got? Yeah, um, I, I've also read, too, that, that Buffalo seems to be one of the favorites to win the whole MAC, actually, not just the East. They seem to be uh, – I think they are the favorite to come out of, to, to, to win the MAC, um, And I think they're returning a lot of the offense. So, I think that would probably be – I think, like, the most of the wide receiver core is returning. And, um, and I think they have a stud running the ball still. Um, so, 
But I think that, that Buffalo is going to be one of the tougher teams to beat, and I think they're going to be scoring a bunch of points here. Um, so this probably wouldn't be a terrible Mac over to grab. 52 isn't necessarily that high. Um, I could probably see um, I could probably see um, a nice little battle there. Um, but I think Buffalo is probably one of the, one of the better teams you'll see watching the Mac this season. Yeah, Buffalo. So you mentioned one of their running backs, Jarrett Patterson. He's the best running back in the conference by far. He actually opted out when the MAC said that they were going to cancel the season because he was just going to prep for the NFL. Uh, he's he's really good. So he's back. And then they also have another thousand yard rusher back. Um, what? I'm sorry, the name's evading me. Let me find it real quick. Kevin Marks. So they had two guys run for over a thousand yards last year. And they're probably legit then. Here's the thing with Buffalo. They ran the ball so many times last year and so many games that some of the overs that should have hit did not. Uh, hit. I remember I remember that looking back to last year. Time of possession then probably. They probably just had 13, 14 play drives and stuff like that. But Northern Illinois is going to be bad. They have their starting quarterback, Ross Bowers, back. But I looked this up. They have 57 newcomers and 66 underclassmen. They actually have more newcomers coming in than they have returning players. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can find that balance. Week one, weird Corona season, I don't think so. I think Buffalo is going to blow the doors off them. The thing to look at for the rest of the season for Buffalo is they have not named a starting quarterback yet, to my knowledge. It's Kyle Van Treese. He started at the end of the season last year. He wasn't great. And then they had Matt Myers, who began the season as a starter last year. He started the first four games, went two and two. He actually beat Temple last year with Buffalo, but he got hurt in the fifth game against Miami of Ohio and then was out the rest of the season. The kid's actually pretty decent. I think he's probably a better bet to, to play for the Bulls this year. So that's something to keep an eye on for the rest of the year, who's going to be the quarterback that comes out of this. But they're going to run the ball. Uh, Buffalo team total would be a good bet in this game. I don't know what it is, but they're going to, I would imagine, control time of possession, run the ball. Probably both guys will be over 100 yards. I like them to cover that 13 and a half then. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably cover as well. Yep, I'm, I'm on. Buffalo, probably bet Buffalo first half. I don't, I don't know if we're going to get like we do with Alabama or Ohio State. Probably feel out the MAC first before we get real ignorant with our MAC bets. But um, moving on, our third game, we have the Ohio Bobcats visiting – the Central Michigan Chippewas. Currently, the line on my book is OU minus two and a half, and the over is 57 and a half. I do know OU has same last name, but new QB. Um, they had Nathan Rourke, which seems like he was there since, like, since his birth. Brother? And then I, his brother is now the. Oh, how about that? <laughs> I believe could be. I think there's another QB on the team. Yeah, they had uh, uh, Armani Rogers transfer from UNLV. That's they were they really brought the brother into play after. That's not that's kind of cool ish. I don't know. I would guess maybe you see both take snaps. Um, I don't believe OU is named a starter yet. They but, have. Uh, so yeah, we have OU minus two and a half. Then we have uh, the over is currently at 57. Oh, actually, it just moved down to 57. 
This game's interesting because neither team has a starting quarterback right now. You mentioned the two for OU. I would expect both to play. Rodgers, from my recollection, is a little bit more mobile. He ran for some yards at UNLV. And then you have Central, who played two quarterbacks last year. Johnny, we kept getting so fucking mad about how shitty Quentin Dormady was in the MAC title game. He how he got how he even played at Tennessee is beyond me. Horrible. And then Tommy Lazaro, he was like their running quarterback. They both graduated. So they they had a kid, I think his name was David Moore, who started a couple games last yep. year. Yeah. He he was he's suspended currently, so they don't know if he's gonna be cleared to play or not. So as of right this second, Daniel Richardson would be the starting quarterback at Central, and he's attempted three passes and has one carry in his career there. <laughs> so maybe if that's not a bad kid. I have no idea what Central's offense is gonna look like. They do have their number one running back and number one receiver back from last year. But I would feel more comfortable with OU. I think they have seven senior or junior starters on defense as well. And they were one of the better teams in the MAC last year. So I think despite uh, Rourke being gone, they'll find a balance there with the quarterbacks. They also have their two starting running backs back who combined for over 1,500 yards and 17 touchdowns last year. And I want to say OU ran for like 250 yards a game or something like that last year. OU, oh, yeah. I would definitely like OU to cover. I don't know about the over. I would probably wait on the over for this week on that game. See what uh see what Central's offense looks like because it, there is a chance it could look just pitiful. <laughs> Resembling that Mac title game. Great. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think this is gonna be a principal bet for OU just based off of how much money Central made me lose last December. That was but, the worst uh, bet I made all Mac last year was that stupid fucking title game. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Square. That was. Brutal. I think that was by far your, your worst Mac pick. Absolutely brutal. All right, final game before we get into the headline. Uh, the two games pertaining to our uh, member, other members of the pod. We have the Ball State Cardinals visiting the Miami of Ohio Redhawks. Currently, Miami is favored by two. Over is 55 and a half. Just briefly, I was talking about with this my brother. He said he thinks Ball State might be one of the worst teams. Um, I don't know all what Miami lost, but I think just off the – and my brother uh, tends Akron, and obviously they suck, but um, if Ball State sucks this bad, I don't know why the line is this small. So Because I'm Ball probably State doesn't suck Miami. that bad. Ball State's huh? good. Ball State is good. Scores, don't they? So, Ball State is a senior trio coming back on offense. Their quarterback, Drew Plitt, is back. He led the MAC in yards per game last year. Um, they have the second the, the second active leading rusher in the MAC career all-time in Caleb Huntley. And then they have the nation's leading receiver. The nation's leading receiver, total receptions, active, and Justin Hall. Um, they averaged 35 points a game last year that led the MAC. Yeah. And they returned 15 starters from last year. So Ball State is going to be good. They lost a couple one-possession games. They actually beat the fuck out of Miami last year. They beat them like 41-27 or something like that as underdogs. Um, and my uh, Ball State's defense, they were 15th nationally in turnovers last year. And they returned a duo cornerback pair that combined for the most uh, interceptions – 
between a duo in the MAC last year with nine. So I do like Ball State a lot. Over will be my bet here, though, because as we mentioned, Miami, they are the reigning MAC champs. Um, they have a very veteran laden offensive line, 87 starts amongst all of them. Um, and then kind of like OU, they have seven junior or senior starters on defense. And they were mostly an under team last year. But like I said, Ball State's offense is that good. I think I might take the Cardinals then too. You really uh, – they seem like they're just going to pound the scoreboard again. I, I do like Ball State. Um, they're going to make it fun. I remember betting on some of their games last year. Yeah. All the old right. It's easy. I love it. All right. Um, I'm probably leaning Miami, but I don't really know yet. We'll probably figure out once – hopefully these teams announce a starter or something. All right, so now – First game we're getting into, unfortunately, he's not here to speak about his team. We got the battle for I-75, which those of you familiar with Ohio is the strip of highway that runs through northwest Ohio. I mean, there's not much up there except BG and Toledo. So the Godfather has sent us some – Brief, a brief synopsis of BG, and then obviously this is a, a big rivalry game between the schools. And uh, the Godfather despises Toledo, so he added on something else he wanted to wanted me to read for uh, the fans. So the Godfather's BG uh, synopsis is this: BGSU returns a lot of starters from their three and nine season last year. Tough. Obviously, the year was a disappointment, except for the massive upset of Toledo at home, ironically opening the season at Toledo's Glass Bowl uh, tomorrow, meaning uh, when you're listening to this Wednesday. The Falcons essentially return, run, especially return running back Andrew Clare and left tackle Caleb Bright from last year's offense. The defense showed promising improvements in the first half of games last year under defensive coordinator Brian Van Gorder. Scott Loeffler begins his second season at the helm with more promise than BG's had in the last four years. He says he could see some surprising upsets in close games, possibly a 3-3 three and three record with wins over Akron, OU, and Miami, but he projects 2-4. and four. And Then I asked him, due to tomorrow being a rivalry game, I imagine it'll be intense in his household, as I believe it's a family affair with uh, BG. <laughs> If you're a Toledo alum, student, fan, uh, might want to get earmuffs for this one. He was rather candid. <laughs> those toothless, those toothless meth addicts whose students have come to our bars to actually have any fun are a bunch of fucking lunatics. Hopeless BG held their had their held their quote top offense in the MAC end quote to seven points last year. A team that is always discussed as the top of the MAC has won championship in the last decade. And UT always talked about their streak over BG from 2010 to 2018, which was nine wins. Guess what that dominant stress brought the all-time series to? 40, 40, and four. Congrats on finally getting to 500 on BG. Bunch of overrated trailer trash thinking their city is Detroit. Cool, bro. That city sucks, too. Oh, and don't think we didn't forget about 2013. When your water supply got fucked up by the algae in your filthy polluted river and you had to beg us to fill coolers of water and bring them up so your students could brush what few teeth they have left. So safe to say the godfather is 
fired up for tomorrow's battle of I-75. Uh, unfortunately, this is the only line that isn't available on my book. But I think just principle, I'm going to bet whatever BG's line is, even though I think they're going to be kind of bad. I have it at 23 and the overall 62 and a half. I love the over. I think that number is too high. And I can't believe that you actually read verbatim what he said. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I can't edit that out now. It has to stay in. I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be real. The Godfather would probably still say that if he was here. That's oh, yeah. true. That's very, very true. <laughs> let, let me add a couple things. Um, they have one of the best tight ends in the country, Quentin um, – sorry, what's his name? Oh, boy. I can't think of it. Quentin Morris. And then they also have a redshirt junior quarterback, Matt McDonald. He was at BC. Um, he redshirted 2017, barely played in 2018, and then transferred to BG after that. So we'll see if if he can get that offense going a little bit. However, I don't think they win the game. I think it'll be close because Toledo, despite being 6-6 six and six last year, and the only bowl-eligible team not to make a bowl game, they're the prohibitive favorite in the MAC right now. They have 18 starters coming back. They have the top recruiting class in the conference, and their two leading rushers, Bryant Kobach and Shaquif Seymour, are back. The Really the only issue here is that quarterback. I don't know who they're going to play yet. They haven't announced who's the starter. I would tend to believe it would be Eli Peters. He played a lot last year, wasn't very good. They also have Carter Bradley and Daquan Finn. Those guys are in the mix. Peter started four of the last five games last year. Bradley started the final game of the season. Um, Peters did not play. I don't think it matters in this game because I think Toledo is going to run all over them. But that's another thing to keep your eyes on moving forward. If you are betting on Toledo as the favorite to win the conference right now, there's a huge question mark at quarterback. As it has been for the last couple of years, right? Haven't they been in quarterback chaos with injuries and stuff the last couple of years? Yeah, your boy, uh, Mitchie Guadagnino or whatever. Mitch Gadani, yeah. Shout yeah, out. Shout out his name is. <laughs> yeah, he kind of see he kind of sent their quarterback room into spiral. Because <laughs> that kid could play a little bit. <clears throat> but, yeah, so, uh, I, I, I'm praying for the godfather's sanity because I, I don't think it's going to end well for him tomorrow or today as you're listening to this i think bg we'll see what happens with this kid from bc if he can play a little bit that gives him a lot of hope 23 is a lot on opening weekend i want to say also that bg is like one of like they might have like the eighth or ninth youngest team in college Mm. football like they are very 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 young team Mm. all right well for the godfather's sake we're hoping the falcons at least keep it competitive and obviously if they can uh i I believe there's a trophy associated with this so if they can bring that back south down i-75 that'd be good for him and then i'll bring for some good podcasting uh come friday and uh the final game that we're going to get into squares alma mater the kent state golden flashes are hosting the Eastern Michigan Eagles, uh, this line has moved a shit ton since its uh, introduction into the world. On my book, currently, 
I have Kent State minus five, and the over is 65 and a half. Uh, before we kick it to square, this is the this matchup was actually the first Maction game I saw live with Square and a couple of our other buddies. Um, lost money on the game, not surprising because Kent's kicker missed the field goal, and we were. I mean, there was nobody there, so everybody could hear my dumbass yelling at the refs because I disagreed with a lot of the calls. But anyway, um, I'm going to hammer Kent briefly. But uh, Square, this is this is your team. Sean Lewis, first bowling last year. What What's in store this year for the Golden Flashes? Okay. Yeah, this is a huge year. I was praying to God that they were going to play football because I honestly think at plus 1,000, Kent is the best bargain and the best bet to win the MAC. Um, before I continue, that game also was a fantastic game. I believe we distracted the Eastern kicker from making a field goal when they kicked down our end at one of the uh, one of the attempts. And yep, then yep. also the three of us, along with uh, another member of the Overs family, watched this game live at a Hooli house on my phone. For Kent to get bowl eligible the last week yeah, of the season last year on a Friday. So this this game has had big implications the last couple of years. And I am just struggling to see how this line has moved so much. I really I don't get it. And I'm gonna throw a lot of information out here because Kent is officially one A and Michigan is officially one B, those fraud fox, which we'll get to on Friday's episode or Saturday's episode, but I think Kent has the best quarterback in the conference and it's not even close. Uh, Clip might be number two at, at um, uh, Ball State, but I think Crum is the best uh, quarterback in the conference. One of the best players in the whole conference as well. So he took over week two last year uh, against Kennesaw State for the Auburn transfer. So they actually had an Auburn quarterback here, Woody Barrett, who transferred in. And Crum took over for him. He was a Mr. Ohio finalist for two years at Fairview, I believe, is where he went to high school in Ohio. Um, so he's born and raised here. And excluding the four non-conference games from last year, so that's Wisconsin, Auburn, Arizona State, and Kennesaw State. And if you include the bowl game in there, Crum averaged 36.8 points per game had three straight wins to get ball eligible, and two of those wins came against Buffalo and Eastern, both of which went to a bowl game. Um, down the stretch in those four games, Crum, 315 yards per game, 11 touchdowns, one turnover. He had an average of over 300 total yards per game last year, 20 to 2 touchdown interception ratio, and ESPN ranked returning quarterbacks. They ranked him as the eighth best returning quarterback in the country, number one of all group of five teams. No, absolutely no respect for this offense. Four and a half. I Led by know. maybe the best quarterback in the country. Oh, well, who's he have to throw the ball to? Well, Isaiah McCoy is back as well. 57 catches, 870 yards, eight touchdowns last year. Every single one of his touchdowns was over 20 yards, and five of them were over 40 yards. So he's explosive down the field. In Mac play last year, McCoy had over 50 yards receiving in every single game, and he was the only player – on the team to score a touchdown against every single non-conference team. So he scored against Arizona State, Auburn, Kennesaw State, and Utah State. Nobody scored against Wisconsin, so I don't really count that. It was 48-0, but he was the only player on the whole team to score. 
A um, couple more offensive tidbits real quick. Three starters back on the offensive line. They add two transfers, one from Kansas State, one from South Dakota. Transfers are going to be huge for them this year. Um, they did lose Will Matthews. He was a senior running back last year. They returned Xavier Williams and Joe Bangda. They were both used, I wouldn't say sparingly, but more a change of pace of Matthews last year. But I think a true freshman is going to be starting for them. He had 51 touchdowns in two years in high school in Maryland, and they were like the 11th ranked team in the state. So this kid is good. Marquez Cooper, he's like 5'6", a buck 80. He might be the best out of them all. So look out for that uh, when you're watching the game. And they legitimately may have the best kicker in college football. Matthew Tricker, he was 29 of 34 last year. Most makes in the country and had two game winners as well. Uh, defense, real quick. They're maybe the two best players on defense, Jamal Parker and Theo Majette. They're gone. Theo Majette was the most consistent pass rusher over the last, I would say, probably three years, um, maybe other than John Cunningham. And then you have Jamal Parker, like I said. He was the best player in the secondary consistently, was a returner, special with the ball in his hands. So losing those two is going to hurt. And then they also lost two starting linebackers, Matt Barr and Nate Faulkner. They both seem like they were there fucking forever. They actually combined to play 100 games. Jeez. They were like super seniors, both of them. <laughs> so they lose Parker at safety, but Elvis Hines is back at corner. Keith Sherald's back at safety. And then they have two huge transfers. So this is what I think is going to be big for them in the secondary. Tony Butler, he's transferring back from Nebraska. He actually went to Lakewood, I believe, or is from the Lakewood area. So he's back from Nebraska. He's going to start at the other corner opposite Hines. And then you have C.J. Holmes. He transferred from Penn State to Notre Dame, I believe, and then Notre Dame to Kent. So a couple big Power 5 guys are coming in. He's going to start at the other safety spot. And then Manny Lawrence-Burke, who had one of the craziest interceptions in the bowl game last year, if you remember it. I can't remember – I think he caught it and threw it back. I can't remember what happened, but he had a crazy interception in the bowl game last year. Um, he started at safety his first year as a Kent, moved over to the offensive side of the ball, then moved to linebacker. He had 104 tackles last year, most on the team as a reserve. So he's going to be the starter at middle linebacker this year. I expect him to step up. You have Kashawn Gamble. You have a couple other guys at linebacker. Kent is being so disrespected. There is so much more talent on this team than – I think many, many, many other teams in the MAC. They're deep on offense. They have weapons coming in, especially at running back. I think Woody Barrett's going to be used differently this year. And they have these transfers coming in on defense, which I think are going to help them a lot. Um, real quick about Eastern, I do have a little bit about Eastern, which, again, I don't understand how this line is moving because Eastern lost their, their starting quarterback, their number one rusher, and their number one receiver from last year. So Mike Glass is gone. Um, they also have the 19th youngest roster in college football combined seven starts from their quarterback, running back, top two receivers and left tackle graduated their top two leading tacklers and their leading interceptor on defense. So the kid that's going to start for them this year, Preston Hutchinson, he started one game last year and he ripped up Western. He was 31 of 36, 357 and three touchdowns. So maybe that's what, they're basing it off of that this kid in very limited action has looked good. Um, but I I don't know, man. I I find it very hard to believe that there are two or three better teams in this conference than Kent. I really do. I think they're going to – they play Eastern, they play BG, they play Akron, they play Buffalo, 
And then I think all, all four of those are wins. They beat all four of those teams last year. You have OU and Miami to end the season. Miami, they lost 23-16 in a slop fest. It was monsooning the whole game. And then I think they lost by like a point to OU because they didn't get the two-point conversion or some shit at the end of the game. This team can absolutely go 6-0 and and win this conference. And I'll be betting them every single way. Quarter, half, alternate lines, minus everything. Throw the fucking barn on Kent. Ever. Yeah, the 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 four and it like it opened. I first saw it at six, maybe even six and a half. And every time it, it, it dropped a half point, I was just shocked, and I just kept sending it to you, Square. And, I, and this is this just seems baffling. I to have me. to wait it out now. Yeah, and right. If, if, if I can get this at a field goal, a kickoff, that's ridiculous. But um, yeah, I I um, like we said, uh, you you were you were really hot last year, so I was I kind of jumped on jumped on the tail towards the towards the end of your Mac run, and Kent State was a dominating force in that. Um, and 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 like you touched on with 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 Crum, I think that that guy's just a huge difference maker, especially in a conference where if you have one of the better players in the whole conference, you can probably win a lot of the games you're going to play. Um, so. I, I love Kent State this year, too. Flash up. Should definitely be an exciting year in the MAC. Obviously, uh, for the sake of squaring Godfather, hopefully BG and Kent are both uh, good this year. Looking like Kent uh, might hold the torch for that one. Um, that's going to wrap up our little surprise MAC episode. Uh, we kind of, this was thrown together maybe like yesterday, and then finally it worked out for timing to do it tonight. Uh, we'll still be back Friday uh, with our uh, normally ske- normally scheduled programming. Uh, this time I will not be having to do it within a power outage or in a car. I'll be uh, hey. safely in my office recording, so we're gonna be good there. Uh, we'll review. Last weekend, preview the upcoming weekend, uh, like we always do. So uh, enjoy listening to this before you enjoy the wonderful, wonderful start. Real quick, I found on November 20th, I texted Frankie, and I was 11-3 at that point in time on Mac bets. Uh, That's just Maction. So that's weekday Maction, 11-3. that's a for, that's a most recent one I can find without looking real quick. You'd be surprised how many times the word Mac has been sent on my phone. <laughs> I was gonna say it's definitely between us. <laughs> yeah, sorry to interrupt you there, Johnny. Go ahead and finish uh finish the wrap. No, you're good. That's so. I, I mean, I guess why well, that actually leads me to what else I was gonna say. If you're gonna tail anybody, tail the square, tail him going forward. I have a lot of pressure to live up to. Yeah, you do. Because <laughs> you can tell the fans the tale because I'm riding too. <laughs> I'm not, I will start tweeting out my picks too because now my cards, my college football cards, are going to be like 60 picks long. Yeah, they are. <laughs> They're going to be crazy. <laughs> you're going to have to just send – you're going to have to send out like your card and then your Mac card. <laughs> Mac card later in the week, the full <laughs> Right. Uh, that's that's the Mac uh, episode. Enjoy Maction uh, late on Wednesday. And then, like like Spore said, we got football every week. 
And uh, every day, every day of the week, every day. All right, folks, we'll see you Friday. Thanks for listening.